The Outer Banks. Paradise on Earth. And that's me. John Booker Rutledge. And this is where I live. It's the sort of place where you either have two jobs or two houses. Two tribes, one island. That's my crew. We're the working class who make a living bussing tables, running charters. And our mission this summer is to have a good time all the time. Guys, I think there's a boat down there. One. Hey everybody, to the Lucky Doll Podcast, this is your host, Elias Rush. Today we're discussing Outer Banks, Season 1, Episode 10, The Phantom. Ord confesses to Rose and Rafe's crimes. Then they plan to fly to the Bahamas to retrieve the gold. Police then swarm the island. John and Sarah continue hiding out. Ward intercepts Sarah's attempt to reveal the truth to Shroop and the authorities, but she escapes her father. The Pogues steal the Phantom, JJ's father's boat, while John returns home to retrieve the gold that he has stashed there. John steals Shroop's police car while he is searching his house in order to meet the others. Rafe and Barry attack the Pogues, but are overpowered with the surprise attack of Pope. In the process, Barry learns that Rafe murdered the sheriff and implies he will blackmail Rafe with it. John and Sarah attempt to escape on the Phantom as the tropical storm strikes. Their escape is soon spotted when power is restored to the city's lighthouse which illuminates them in the bay. The authorities give chase, and which uh, forces John and Sarah into the open sea in the middle of the storm. Ward attempts to convince John to bring back Sarah if he truly loves her through the Phantom's radio. John reveals Ward's actions over the radio, leading to Shroop's arrest, um, sorry, leading to Shroop arresting him. But the Phantom capsizes in the storm, and John and Sarah are presumed dead, as their friends mourn and Pope and Kiara start a relationship. John and Sarah survive the storm and are rescued by a passing cargo ship with the ship on its way to Nassau. They realize that they now have a chance to retrieve, recover the gold. So that is the final episode of Outer Banks Season 1, Episode 10 recap. However, I'm just going to kind of, uh, you know, surface along, float along the, the path of this story and kind of give my uh, loose opinions about how this season ended. Overall, I got to say one of the strongest parts of the series are the cast and the story and the pacing. I thought the majority of all of that all worked on all cylinders. It looked amazing. Uh, it took me along a journey and a, uh, a story that I wanted to be along with. I wanted to be the other person generally in this group that was you know, going along this crazy adventure no matter how crazy it got. It, um, 
It has a great blend of young adult romance and coming of age alongside of uh, a little bit more harder uh, lines to follow, such as uh, uh, depression here and there, trying to find uh, one's way um, all the way to... Uh, I think they might have struggled a little bit with sexuality if I remember one of the characters kind of struggling with it at one point. But um, overall, uh, I thought it was um, it was a pretty strong ending to a pretty uh, elongated show. I would have said that 10 episodes of an hour each was pretty damn long. I didn't know if it could sustain itself. I believe it did. There are a couple parts in this last episode that are a little bit unbelievable, not unbelievable, but maybe not are as organic and slightly contrived to put these uh, individuals in um, certain scenarios that might not be as organic as, as they normally would be, such as like having the boat so close to the dock and people not being able to see if that was a boat if that trying to leave the coast. Um, and it ended up being John and Sarah. It's like, oh, shit. Um I uh, did find it uh, a little bit hard to believe that we had the dirty cop. Shroop is the one who's like, oh, now I'm going to be the good guy or, you know, sort of be the good guy and, and you know, get Ward. Um, slap him on the wrist for what he did, you know, among all the other stuff. Uh, we, we do find out throughout the season John B.'s. Uh, connection to Ward is so much more than just working for him. Like Ward killed his father in the midst of trying to uh, obtain this gold and they had this big disagreement and we see a flashback of Ward killing his father, putting him in the ocean and possibly Ward um, ending up on like some sort of island and stranded and whatnot it's like this might come back for season two because it might be like a a retcon in a way that they come back and say oh he's still alive i thought he was going to still be alive um but i gotta say um it was it was um it was pretty good there was pretty good there there's just like a handful of things i thought from like a story contrivance plot uh that i didn't know if 100 percent worked such as um I do like John and Sarah. It does feel a little bit ironic that they, they would be found in the middle of the ocean, which is terrifying at one point. You know, they just sitting there, just no land anywhere. And all you see is this giant ship. I didn't know that the ship was going to find them. Or I wasn't quite sure if they were. Um, but then it just happens the ship is going to Nassau. It's like, what are the odds of that? Um, but uh, also... I did like the kind of like foreshadowing we saw of the Phantom at the beginning of the season. The beginning of the season, I believe we see the Phantom like struggling against a, a tropical storm at one point. I think it was a, a, a dream that John B. had. And I think we at originally we I thought it was implied that it was his father, but it might have been him later in the season. I don't know. Kind of cool foreshadowing. Um, and I like how it's starts with a storm and ends with a storm so it's kind of like we've been in the eye of the storm the whole time um but anyways um the rest of the crew we have kiara and pope they have like this weird rocky relationship going on with their friendship they're trying to pope really likes kiara and it's it's seated earlier on in the season but then once he's kind of rejected he just 
he goes hog wild. Pope is supposed to be like the guy that has um, his head on straight, and he kind of just goes ape wild um, when Rafe and what's his face are trying to beat um, beat John B. up, I believe um, that he comes out of no. Is it is he trying to beat John B. up? Or is he trying to... I think he's trying to beat JJ up. I don't remember who he's trying to beat up. Rafe is trying to beat up... I think he's John B. Yeah. I, sorry, it's been a couple days since I've seen uh, this episode. So, uh, let me see. Pogue, Steel, while John... John steals Shroop's car. Rafe and Barry attack the Pogues and are overpowered with the surprise attack of Pope. Yeah, okay, so... Yeah, at that point, and then that's when they find out Rafe was the one that murdered the sheriff, and now Barry has, like, this dirt over Rafe, and that's going to be, you know, very interesting to see how Rafe just loses his shit in season two. I mean, he season one, he already was not good. He was not in a good state. Season two uh, is just going to be that much more, plus he's being pushed by this crazy guy, Barry. Um, I had no idea Barry was going to be this big of a, uh, a spot. I didn't think he was going to have this big of a spot or a big role in this as much as he did. But, yeah, I, I was like, shit, that's some vital information you don't want getting out. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, just like a lot of the, the this season. It was a major chase happening the majority of this last two episodes. And um, uh, I didn't really talk about what happened at the end of Nine. A couple of things happened at the end of 9 and 10 that feel slightly contrived. Let me give you my quick list. The Topper of it all. Topper ends up following John B. and Sarah into the church that they uh, made love in earlier in the season. And Topper is... He's a pretty terrible person throughout most of this. And he has this, like, switch of being deciding to be a good guy or deciding to help John B out and Sarah out. Um, that happens in episode nine where he's playing a decoy in the burning church, which what the fuck Rafe and this one guy are like burning a church, like Holy Santa Claus shit. Like they're, they're committing a larson at this point. I mean, among all the other things that they had done, Rafe had already killed somebody at that point. But, um, yeah, it was, uh, pretty pretty remarkable to see topper just decide just to, on a whim he likes sarah that much that he's willing to be a decoy for her to get away with john um didn't think that that was organic i felt like we were missing one or two lines of topper really understanding where john is coming from and with that we we lose kind of a connection in my opinion the connection being Topper and John B. understanding each other. I don't feel like that's ever come to that conclusion, but whatever. As well as, um, so Pope and Kiara, Pope is heartbroken over Kiara at one point, and he just starts going ape wild, just doing some craziness, doing all, running all over the island, running out of his uh important uh interviews for college and stuff like that and he is his father keeps telling him not to hang out with his friends and i can't really deny him at this point because he's really fucked up his future um but it is um there's a scene that happens i, I will say that sorry the pope and the kiara stuff 
the way it's resolved by the end of the season, I didn't think that Kiara should have been forced or felt like she needed to uh, to be in a relationship with Pope. I felt like that was kind of contrived, and she was pretty well stanced in saying that, you know, Pogue, no Pogue on Pogue action. Um, she turned down John B. earlier in the season, and they, they we saw what would happen if, you know, someone liked liked Kiara that she kind of turns them down nicely but she still wants to be friends and she kind of has to do that with John and then she has to do it with um Pope but Pope just takes it to the next degree but then it feels like there's just like this layer of like guilt that is pushed upon Kiara to make her have this relationship with Pope I don't know if that's nearly as organic or if that's how it's going to feel in the second season or what but it felt little contrived in my opinion like they wanted to have this secondary romance plot and i see that but it's just like he didn't seem like he was in any state for her to want to be with him it didn't seem like anything had changed from those episodes besides just being in trouble so um what else do we have uh, so yeah, there was a, just a couple of rocky things coming in. There's a little bit of turbulence coming down on that final few episodes, um, with a couple of plot threads, but nothing that would make me deter from saying this is uh, a really excellent season of television and, uh, that the pacing helps it tremendously. It's like, there's no time to really even think about, um, just sticking around. You got to go to the next episode or got to go to the next scene. So, um... Let me see what we got right here. What we got right here. So, um, like I said, a couple things that feel a little bit like they're just hanging threads that I'm not sure if they're going to resolve in season two, which they may well. They might resolve it in one episode. But just the way that it ends. The beginning of the season, we see Shroop, the uh, dirty police officer, taking money from... Um, one of the guys that was working with John B's father and he's like everybody gets cut you know everybody gets cut um, that guy nothing really ever happens to that guy in my opinion he just continues to be on the police force which okay not everyone has to have a come up answer you know it doesn't have to happen in the first season but it felt like there was going to be a little bit more with that character of he's a dirty cop maybe there's a little bit more behind the scenes maybe he's getting paid off maybe not I, it, it feels like it's kind of like a loose hanging plot thread in my opinion not sure if everyone else felt like that but it felt like if we're gonna have the police be of a good force uh the force that's gonna take out the bad force it's kind of weird that he would be leading it considering we know he's not really that good of a guy so even if ward gets uh ward gets taken and it's like Shrew could probably just let him right back out. So um, alongside that, we that's just about all the characters. Sarah, the character Sarah, really grew on me throughout the season. I was really um, pleased to see her growth as an actress. Because um, originally I was like, I'm not sure if I'm feeling her. The dialogue they're giving her kind of a little bit more generic you know come on dad why you gotta do this to me kind of thing and you know it just felt like she was kind of having to be the damper for they wrote her as somewhat of the damper a little bit at the beginning and then they in once they bring her into pogue life and once they bring her into um the fold i feel like it's the most interesting because having her as a kook is I just don't she doesn't like fit there I guess so 
I, I, I enjoy them. Uh, uh, I believe there's like one episode where the Pogues, um, you know, all the boys put the girls, you know, John B has a plan. Oh, God, if he has a plan, you know what's going to happen. Some, something's going to fuck up. So he leaves the girls on the uh, on one of the boats or something like that stranded for what feels like 24 hours. It might have just been 12 hours, but it was a long time. And I, I didn't think he was going to leave them out there that long. So, um, but overarching, uh, I got to say, having having Sarah part as the Pogue life is 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 cool. Um, makes her feel a little bit more organic, and we're, we're enhancing the group, you know. Um, what else? Oh yeah, and her father's all fucked up. Mother doesn't give a yuck. Um, they uh, they just bad news bears, bad news bears all around. Um. And yeah, I, I gotta say, I love that little Volkswagen that they're riding around in. I, uh, the van, it's pretty cool. Um, and JJ, JJ is the other character that I don't think I've spoken about. Um, yeah, JJ, he had a rough upbringing, and he has to. The end of his subplot with his father just beating the hell out of him for a couple episodes um, ends in his father saying, you know. I might be a little rough on you, but, you know, I really, really care about you. And it's just a rough life that I can, that's all I can really describe about JJ's situation because at some points he's getting beat by his father and he's getting ready to pull a gun out and shoot his fucking father at one point just straight to the head. Um, other points were like, uh, you know, is, um, is he okay with his father is he cool with his father is he busting in and his father just pass out of sleep on drugs on the you know sofa or whatever you know does he really because there's different levels to it and i guess it is a level of nuance where that's how a lot of abusive relationships work um uh thank goodness i was not in that uh, i was not raised in that kind of um environment and i'm i'm sorry to the people that were um and are and currently are having to experience that it's uh, it's a radically different way of experiencing life and it's it's very difficult for people to emotionally uh get out of that if they're even able to uh, or even understand it to the degree that they're being abused and so um jj's character is very difficult to kind of pinpoint because he's he's a tragic character you see how he just can't between him and his father money is just not their forte spending versus saving that's just not what they're doing uh where jj spends like 30 grand on like a hot tub and a bunch of lights and shit like that there's a little party for himself it's just like very sad very sad um so uh yeah the the different characters are all very much uh fleshed out like i said this feels like uh, not quite a slice of life, but it feels like an entire world that has been fleshed out in ways that a lot of other shows have not been. It feels very much um, lived in, is what I like to say. So from the cinematography to the music to the to the action, I thought the pacing and the, the characters, all of this was really working. And that, this these were things that I wish people had told me um, when I was thinking about watching outer banks you know what what really makes this tick what makes it work what makes it thrive and what makes it worth watching for a second season why would we want a second season we want to continue the story we want to continue hanging out with these people
you know so um let me know what you thought about uh outer banks season one finale let me know what you thought about the full season let me know what you thought about the the review let me know how i can improve um the review so um luckadollpodcast.com patreon full library all on there luckadollpodcast.com you can join the Social medias, we're on all the social medias, YouTube, Twitch, SoundCloud, iTunes, CastBox, TuneIn. Doesn't matter if you're on iTunes or Android, we're on all the different types of podcasts. Let me know how I can improve. Luckadollpodcast at gmail.com. Thumbs up, subscribe, follow, do what you can do to support the podcast. It helps us tremendously. Thank you. Thank you. Finding it? That's where your fun ends. That's where all your problems begin.